The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Hey, welcome to the Formula Sports Talk. We got a live show to do for you guys, and it's going to be. Great. I don't know what Clancy Corner is. Uh, down and Dirty is with Deb is going to be good. Alice Clancy in the studio. Yo. Deb with the Breeze in the studio. What up? You can reach us at uh, Clancy at Clancy Corner. Oh boy. <laughs> Six times a charm. Oh <laughs> boy. Dot org. <laughs> <laughs> Clancy at ClancyCorner.com. Deb with the Breeze. YoClearEdge.com. KwameLassaSportsTalk.com. At KwameLassaSports on Twitter. Check out the fan page on Facebook. If you got something to say, that's when you do it. Just don't be saying, hey, Kwame, how you doing? What's going on? What's going on? This is a sports show. Let's talk sports. You know what? Not all sports. Not all sports. Because I like to get into some little what's going on in the world type stuff, too, as we, as we open it up, and, which is good. And, um, you know, we're going to talk a lot about the Lakers. Not a lot. We're going to talk a lot about the NBA, NFL, uh, definitely what the Lakers are doing, 0-2. Not a big deal. Six, six games in a season. So Dallas Mavericks, 0-2. Then we got uh, Clancy Corner coming in the second segment. Let me ask you guys, how was your guys' Christmas? It was great. Great. Like, San Diego, 75 degrees. It was 75 degrees in Miami and 80. Yeah, you were in Miami? No, I wasn't in Miami. Well, <laughs> <laughs> He's just I, reporting just saying, the weather. Oh, yeah, exactly. I, I, we do it all over here. But I'm just saying, why you say that? Is, of course San Diego's going to be good. It's beautiful. It's, it's, San Diego's always good. If I left Arizona, it, it would come down to... Uh, San Diego or somewhere, somewhere tropical. <laughs> somewhere tropical. Tropical. Yeah, somewhere get the, tropical. Get the breeze in the water. Good Christmas, then? Good Christmas, yeah. Christmas Eve with my kids. Uh, I cooked. I only do it about three times a year, so yeah. that was cool. So you so and, you uh, eat now all the time? Played some games. Oh, no, I cook for myself. I just oh, don't cook okay. big. Me and the dog doesn't take a lot. You know, oh, so yeah, with right. the kids over and stuff. And uh, then Christmas Day, went to see the uh, girl with the dragon tattoo. Holy man! I, that was I've seen that, good, I, it, but good. I saw not the movie that's out now. I saw the DVD, which the DVD was good. Oh uh, yeah, and the, the, the movie was, was even was better. Good. That's what I heard. Yeah. yeah, the book was really good. Book kept was me yep. kept me aware throughout the entire movie, Let's paying attention. I want to go see Mission Impossible. I think I may yeah. do that Thursday. I got to go see that. Yeah, uh, got it on the list. So you don't do you cook? Like Thanksgiving and Christmas, the same meal? No, no, no. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, the three biggies, and different each time. Kids get a list and say, what do you want? Tell me all your favorites. And I Options. cook them, double them up, do whatever I need to do yeah. to make everybody see, happy. Christmas is uh, Thanksgiving, you have to cook. Mm-hmm. That's, that's you have to. But Christmas, I mean, it's like a regular dinner. Well, see, Christmas is easier for me because it's honey-baked ham, it's yeah. potatoes, it's the well, you know, scallop um, corn and desserts and stuff. And well, I'm Muslim, so I don't do a lot of ham and stuff like that. Well, oh, man. 
Got to do the ham, you know, change your religion at least one day of the week, one you day. know, dude. Yeah, no. Yeah, mix it up. What you guys think about <laughs> Let me ask you guys. The Lakers starting 0-2. They do, do have a new head coach. They got rid of Lamar Odom. They're best, their best six-man uh, in the league that last the year. The best six-man of the league last ah, year. Jason, yeah, Terry, Jason Terry, man, come on. You got to – arguably, you can say Jason Terry sure. or Lamar. All right. But I'm a, since I'm a Jason Terry fan, I, it's easy for me to say him. Not that Lamar didn't do what he was supposed to do coming off the bench. Now, Lakers 0-2, got rid of a few guys, have a new uh, coach, more of a defensive coach than uh, offense, so I'm, they're not running the triangle anymore. It's more mm-hmm. like a pickup game. But the coach is speaking up, too. Yeah, well, the coach is better say so. He's better say so. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like um, the coach in Cleveland. I mean, he mm-hmm. was okay, but... It's too much rhetoric. Don't just say what it is. You're talking right. about some grown men, and you act like we're not watching the game. Yeah. Just say what it is. It's kind of like football. When a coach, when a when a head football coach, beat a team they were they were supposed to be, this is their post game interview. Well, you know what? We beat a good team over there. The team wasn't good at all, but it makes you look good to say, okay, our game plan is coming together. We beat that team. You sh- you should have beat that team. Right. I mean, that's you, what you're supposed to do. Yeah. That's what you're you can do. say any given Sunday, uh, or it well football now. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Thursday night, Thursday night, yeah. which is crazy, all financial. But you know what? The Lakers have a new coach. Um, 0-2 right now. It's not a panic mode. They lose, and then they say Sacramento's a rival. Dallas Mavericks get rid of Karan Butler. Uh, he comes off the bench. He was a, a good defensive player for those guys. But their defensive guy is Tyson Chandler. He's in New York. What do you make of those two teams? And um, it, it, Dallas just looks slow to me. Yeah, they look old. Yeah, they look old, but they're not that old, but they look old. Well, you can say Jason Kidd. And Dirk. Dirk's like 32 right now. I mean, Dirk's thrown up on the bench nowadays. Yeah, Yeah. he's a, that's hangover. Yeah. That's a, he's he's playing a game before the game. No way, no way do you, uh, unless he's sick, and I don't know, unless he's sick, and he's just got that, that competitiveness in him that he wants to play in that game anyway, unless he's sick, um, I have to say that it's a uh, hangover. Mm-hmm. Or you could have lost by 50 combined points in two games. And throw that, up. That'll yeah. make you throw up, too. That'll make yeah. you throw up to see uh, teams win the, win the championship and, listen, and lose by that many points per game. Yeah. That'd make me throw up watching it. Yeah. Well, we had a guy on our team, Rob Fredericks. He was on the show. Who was it? Were, were it was you me. In, yeah, it was yeah. me. Alex in the studio when Rob Fredericks was here. Rob threw up every game. It was like Willie Nerves. Yeah. yeah. I, for some reason, he just... Coughing and not coughing, but heaving and heaving and heaving. I think he, for him to play, he has to throw up. But he, for some people, it's that way when they're entertainers and that as well. Sometimes it's almost like part of their normal routine to relieve the tension so they can go do what they do. Yeah, this guy, a 10 year veteran, and mm. I think he throws up every game. Mm. And, and we wouldn't, <laughs> and if you didn't hear him in the, either the locker room or, uh, on the sideline, you know Rob wasn't ready to play. You're not here. You're getting yeah. worried, huh? Yeah, you better, you better hurry up and throw <laughs> and up. And I'm Rob. guessing he wasn't bulimic, so. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> no, no. Rob would eat, Rob would eat everything. But the, the, uh, who, who's anemic is that, uh, that Dallas offense. What's going mm. on with these guys? Uh, well, out of the two, the Lakers and Dallas, Dallas is definitely the one that, um, shows there's more concern for them because, you know, they lost Tyson Chandler, they lost their big guy. Uh, Karan Butler was a swing man, played good defense, hit some threes. It th- again, they're really just getting older and older and older. And with this lockout season, when they're playing three games a week instead of two uh, at times, it's really gonna it's gonna take its toll on them. The Lakers will be fine. They should have won both games. They were up I eleven points that. with four minutes left yeah. against the Bulls, who was 
that you had the best record in the NBA or the best record uh, in the Eastern Conference. Bulls played last year. defense too, and that's how they were able to come back. You you watched their first game when the Lakers were up about six to eight with four minutes, and I'm usually thinking, oh, this is going to be pretty good. But I, but you got to remember, last year we talked about the Bulls having the best defense. They had the best player in the NBA last year, and mm-hmm. uh, Derrick Rose. Rose. Yeah. Uh, but they played defense, and they were able to come back to it. I think the Lakers. I believe the Lakers have. On their team, the pieces that they need to be successful, and, and Alex, you mentioned they're getting old. I think what's going to help them this year is, is, is minus 22 games or something. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I mean, with, with Andrew Bynum coming back, they added Troy Murphy and Josh McRoberts, two guys who, it, uh, against the Bulls, they I think they to- combined for like 16 or 17 boards, which is really good. I mean, this, these guys are these guys are hard nosed players that they're Mike Brown players, and they both can stretch a defense, hit the three, and it's going to take some time. I, uh, Troy Murphy and McRoberts have been with the team for a combined, I don't know, three weeks. So it's <laughs> yeah. going to take a while. Nobody knows the offense yet, but Mike Brown, as Deb alluded to before, has no problem with uh, calling a quick timeout and getting in Kobe's face, even in the preseason. I think it was like 10 seconds into a game when Kobe didn't get out and close out on somebody. And, and uh, it was Chauncey Billups who hit a wide-open three. Right. He has no problem getting in people's faces and, and uh, making his stance as the coach now. And that's what you got to do if you're a coach. I don't care who your superstars are, but it, it, especially when you predicated on stopping guys on defense, and that's what Mike Brown is. He's more of a defense-minded guy. What's going to help him is he has enough offensive weapons over there uh, to keep him in games or put enough points on where his defense and, and in the fourth quarter, uh, will pull it out, put the wins out. Well, he's got to make himself known right now too, as to who's who really is the coach of the team. So he's got to step up to let the guys know that it's going to be done his way. He better be a little careful with that because uh, mm-hmm. because Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. is the Lakers. He's the, Kobe Bryant. When they make decisions with, concerning the Lakers, I think Kobe Bryant gets a phone call or he's right. in that meeting now. Do you do that, or can I still be that head coach guy? Can I still be a head coach when? You know, if I can't get at Kobe Bryant, I shouldn't have to get at Kobe Bryant. I shouldn't have to get at a Magic Johnson, mm-hmm. Isaiah Thomas. I should never have to get at those guys because if I'm the coach, uh, and I go on a smaller scale when I was coaching over at uh, Mace Community College, I found the leaders on the team. I say, run, this is your team, run the team. This is my game plan, make it work. I mean, because you, you can give anybody a game plan, but if you don't have those guys out there that believe in it, right. it's not going to work. And I don't Execute. know if, exactly. I don't know how how much Kobe is believing in Mike Brown. Not to say he's not a defensive guy because he's won plenty of defensive MVP. He won, been on all defensive team plenty of times. Not it's not the scheme, but do you believe in Mike Brown? Because you know if he had the same coach for. Well, I, I, here's the thing forever. with Kobe in defense. Kobe is he's usually a roamer, so he gets the blocks, he gets the steals off the ball. But he can never. He never closes out. He never boxes out. He never does anything. He never does the the fundamental strong defensive things you need to do to be a good defender. But his numbers are there because he comes off the ball and helps and gets the steals and blocks. Now, the reason why the Lakers lost the first two games was because of Kobe. Really? Now, not not in the way that he was eleven for twenty three in the first game and even worse in the second. But they were up eight points with three and a half, three and change against the Bulls on opening on opening day. 
and he thinks it's time for him to shine then. He thinks it's time for him to take every shot because it's Kobe time like he was 26. It's different now. You need to trust You need to trust the other people on your team. You need to run the offense. That's the time. That's why you implement an offense, to run it when you're trying to maintain a lead or, or to chip back in if you're losing. And he doesn't do that. Kobe dribbles the ball. The ball dies in his hands, and this is what happened two games in a row. And people don't talk about it because he has so many good numbers and he's all the MVPs and the fi- and, and the championships and everything. I don't but think it, they've had time to build the trust at this point. Not, yeah, not but, yet, but yeah. he's never had the trust. But, uh, he's never had the trust. When... They're he's off. always been a superstar, uh, and I hear you make but great But he's points. always above the team to him, and this is a huge problem that nobody and? talks about. Well, Jordan was always well, above the, the team, but, they, but he did. He Kobe's not Jordan because Jordan did build trust uh, with those guys because he was always getting double and triple team. Right. So he trusted those guys, and Alex, you make great points. Mm. He trusted those guys to... Um, Hit that final shot because right. he, he's no way he's going to be able to hit it with two or three guys in his face, right. and they keep him away from the further away from the basket, the lesser percentage you have a chance of making right. a shot. But yeah, it, once he learned how to pass, then yeah, the team started coming together. Right, but if you run the offense when you're up eight with three minutes to go, you don't need to have a final shot. And I run, I will run an offense against the best defensive team in the league, the Chicago Bulls, with the best player on the team. If I'm up eight with three and a half minutes left, I'm slowing that clock down and I'm running through. I'm gonna run an offense. Right. I don't know what their offense is. I know it used to be the triangle, but I. I don't know what their offense it, is right it's now. A new, it, it's a new, there's a lot more motion involved, but they still have a little bit of the triangle implemented with the big guys. So what you need to do is run the ball through Pau Gasol down low. I he's agree. a great passer. So all you need to do, either he's going to be two feet away from the basket, taking a contested shot, which is much better than taking a contested shot from 25 with a shot clock running down. You play to win, you play. You don't play not to lose. I think you play, and, and, and with Andrew Bynum out too. Andrew, right, and that'll help yeah. coming back. They'll they'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, I think they'll be fine. They'll they're gonna make the playoffs. They're gonna get the. They're gonna make the playoffs no matter what. But Kobe needs to stay happy. And I think a great thing about happening them going zero two, and and Dwight Howard not doing so hot already in Orlando. You think it's gonna happen? Oh. This is, this is the last ditch effort. It, it makes sense for it to happen now. Well, who are you giving up? You got to give up Andrew Bynum and Paul Gasol. I, I would give up Paul Gasol. Give up Ron Artest. I refuse to call him Meta World Peace. Well, that's give his him name. up. What if I stop calling you Alex? I've never called Chad Johnson Chad Ochocinco <laughs> once. What if I stop calling you Alex? I mean, that's his name. I, okay, I hear you. I, <laughs> that's a completely I, different I, okay, conversation. Yeah. No. <laughs> what if I stop calling you Head? What? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get a bleeper thing for the. Uh, for the <laughs> we, we gotta get a bleeper so we can start cursing and stuff like that. Yes, sir. No, I hear Takes you. Away half I the hear show. you. I hear what you're saying. But if, if the White Howard um, goes to that team, who do you give up and that team still be that? He was you. He's already the White Howard with the Lakers and Kobe. Uh, you already still in contention. I think they're still in contention right sure. now for the playoff, regardless. Uh, but the West is not playing as well. You got Denver, and we got a minute to about 35 seconds to break. Denver can arguably be considered one of the better teams, the best team in the West right now. And so we only played, we only had a week, a uh, week and a half of basketball. So it, it remains to be seen. The Lakers are without Andrew Bynum. He's suspended for the nonsense, the idiotic stuff he did the end of last year. Big dummy. Uh, then you have um, the Dallas Mavericks, who's just won the championship. So you can't not throw them out of there. You cannot uh, delete these guys from the um, the race down in the final season. They got enough players over there. They lost some players, and that's what basketball and that's what sports is. Any business, Deborah, you had a, yeah, you had a business. You you make changes, but you don't make changes to be to put yourself. Uh, nobody's eight in, ball. nobody's indispensable, right? You know, you build a team in a way you can bring somebody in, teach them the plan, and have them work the plan. 
All right, look, we're going to take a quick break. We got uh, Clancy's Corners coming up. Who knows what it is? Uh, and we'll, we'll talk <laughs> and we'll talk about that. We'll be back in the near future. How about that? I like it. Yeah, it you are teachable. That's what they say. <laughs> After like three months. <laughs> Let me ask you, I need a uh, bleep button so I can cut it Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. If you want to talk about the East Coast sports scene, particularly from the Southeast, make sure you tune in to the Jeff Owen Show every Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there, but host Jeff Owens and co-host Tasha Humphrey know the inside and out of the Georgia college sports world, and they were born there, raised there, and still live the scene. We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Kevin Lewis has been a student of the game his entire life, from Little League to the NFL. Tune in Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Voice America Sports. Hustling with K. Lewis. It's not where you start, it's how you finish. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the Corn Without Sports Talk. We got Clancy Corn, but before we get into that, I just want to mention, because I don't know what this Clancy Corn will be about, so I don't know if it's basketball or what. So let me, uh, he's shaking his head, no. Uh, Phoenix Suns lose last night, their first game at home. They lose to the uh, Charlotte Hornets. Uh, uh, for they had this game, Robert Lopez. Uh, the positives you can take away from this: Robert Lopez did play well. Um, you know, got, you, there were some rookies on that team that made some rookie mistakes in the final minutes, uh, final seconds, I should say. Um, and he just happened to be from the University of Kansas. But he, you know, you got um, you got the uh, veteran point guard over there. I think he's going to be okay. I think he's going to be. He's, if you learn from Steve Nash, you're going to be fine. But Phoenix Suns lose the game last night uh, by a point, 85-84. All right, let's get into some Clancy Corner. All right. Well, last night, Drew Brees broke Dan Marino's single season passing record in great form, which is a touchdown pass to Darren Sproles. And a little tidbit about that: they were practicing that same route during the summer, during the lockout, because they've known each other forever. They played on, uh, with each other in San Diego. But that begs the question, who wins the MVP? Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. In essence, it's a win-win situation. Both these guys are very, very nice guys, very media-friendly. Their teammates love them. Their teammates trust them. And both both guys have cases to call themselves the winner. Aaron Rodgers, 4,600 yards passing, 45 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, 68% completion percentage, averaging 310 yards per game. Usually, that's a runaway quarterback. That's a runaway line to win the MVP. But Drew Brees, as of last night, 5,087 yards, breaking the record, 41 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. But a lot of I've seen at least five of those interceptions as tip balls that that have just fallen into safety's hands. 70% completion percentage, which is incredible. And about 340 yards passing per game. Now let's crunch these numbers a little bit more. Those those are the normal numbers. Aaron Rodgers has nine has 9.5 yards per attempt, which means that he he has they have big play mentality in Green Bay. Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, when he was healthy, he'll be back for the playoffs. 
I mean, even Jermichael Finley, their tight end. Drew Brees, 8.18 yards per attempt, meaning he has a lot more dump downs because they have three great running backs that come out of the backfield, screen passes, little slants, and whatnot. Aaron Rodgers, 122.5 passer rating on only five, on 502 attempts. Drew Brees, 108 passer rating on 622 attempts. That's a big one for me. Drew Brees is the most valuable player to his team because even though they have the ninth-ranked rushing offense, he's thrown the ball 622 times, completed 70% of his passes, and they're leading their division. Now, it's a tight race. I mean, granted, Aaron Rodgers is probably going to win it. They're, the Packers are 14-1. and They're coming off the, the Super Bowl when a lot of teams would have that Super Bowl hangover and, and not come to play every day because they, just, they had just won one. So it's difficult to get up to win the next one. And normally you could look at the strength of schedule, but oddly enough, the Packers and the Saints have played opponents with the same combined record. Exact same. So really what it comes down to is Aaron Rodgers, 14-1, Super Bowl champion, super crazy efficient, even though his numbers aren't as, number yardage isn't as great as Drew Brees, and then Drew Brees broke a 25-year-old record for single-season passing record. So who do you pick? And, but and one thing that's going against Drew Brees, I would say, is that now it's a protect-the-quarterback league, so it's easier to throw the ball without being touched as it was in the 80s. But I don't think that I don't think that should matter. I think numbers are numbers are numbers, and you you know you conform to the new rules and you play to your potential. And I th- I, I would pick Drew Brees, even though he probably won't win. Drew Brees MVP um, in my case. You can say you can. I, Easily make the argument Aaron Rodgers because I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan. Me too. Um, and I play uh, with Drew Brees in San Diego, um, and I watch this guy go about his business. He's always been the same guy. Um, not to say because that happened then that he should be MVP now. I'm looking at his body of work, but I'm going off this year. I'm going off what Aaron Rodgers did. Aaron Rodgers has his team. Oh, they're 14 and one right now. One more game left. Drew Brees has his team. Eleven and five, eleven and four, eleven and three, eleven and uh, twelve and three. I'm sorry, twelve and three. Okay, twelve and three. Sorry, with one game left. So uh, I'm, I'm just not gonna say Aaron Rodgers is the guy uh, for us the MVP. I say if it doesn't go to those two, something's not right uh, because they put up the numbers and being fourteen and one and with a possibility of going undefeated, and it, it makes you. MVP for a lot of reasons, but at the same time, remember um, what these guys are doing. Remember the first game against New Orleans. Uh, if it wasn't for the first series, New Orleans was driving down the field on these guys, and we talk about the offense of Green Bay, which is potent, mm-hmm. deadly. Mm-hmm. We forget that defense only plays well when they are up. They can't play from behind, and we, that's been noted. And they have injuries, but everybody has injuries at this point of the season. Now, Drew Brees, and his, his offense is deadly. You mentioned the, receipt, the uh, running backs, uh, Pierre. You have uh, Aaron, uh, Darren Sproles. And Chris Ivory's healthy, and too. And Chris Ivory. Those guys. Mark can, Ingram, too, who's hurt now. He's hurt with a toe injury, but uh-huh. he's never been. Uh, he, Not yet. Yeah, he's, he's going to turn into a, I mean, he's a first-rounder guy. He's going to turn into a short yardage guy, mm-hmm. which wh- whatever you have to do to, to win on the team, how you contribute on the team, which is fine. I have no problem with that. They have enough weapons over there, and that's what I'm saying. Aaron Rodgers' offense, Drew Brees' offense, they have weapons beyond anybody else on the team. And what they do with their packages is amazing. And now I'm talking about the uh, New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. They Their packages, they bring guys in and out, but it's the same personnel. It's just the package looks different. The same personnel. So now you on the side, you thinking, 
do I need to bring another guy in? And as a defense coordinator, you, you, you look at that and say, who they have in there? And, it's, and by the time you're thinking too much, the clock is running. But that gives Drew Brees a lot of time to make adjustments, and he, he's been making adjustments along with Aaron Rodgers better than anybody. If I got to get an MVP uh, to anybody this year, and if, if I had a vote, it, it would be Drew Brees. I mean, he's breaking a he broke a twenty five year record that he could have broke three years ago. So he was always he was playing. almost there. Yeah. Right, he was almost there. And, and and I don't know if you guys noticed in the or the end of the third or the fourth quarter, it looked like he was the pressure was getting to him to thinking, and you could say you're not you thinking can, about you it. You see it, yeah. And or his or it was pressure, or he was pressing to get it and get it over with. Right. Because all his balls was coming up short. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't understand. Now, you give a lot of credit to his receivers because his receivers make him look good. Cause yeah, they were working hard for Yeah, him. and he throws the ball up and they go get it. Right. But it's not a, it's not a good throw. It's like yeah. a jump ball. Right. It's not a jump ball. So you give a, his uh, receivers a lot of credit. Now, I don't know who he played with in San Diego that they was working on that route, mm-hmm. but it worked. Because uh, I don't think he, he and Darren Spurls. Uh, this, this past summer they were. During the lockout. Oh, in San Diego, in the, not the Chargers. Oh, no, no, yeah, no. no, no together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Separate. Okay, yeah. yeah definitely, definitely doing that. Um, and w- during the lockout, I say with the veterans teams, they'll go get the jump on everybody. And you saw those guys. And who they show on ESPN all the time was uh, that the um, the Green Bay Packers didn't have to do it because they had just come off the Super Bowl. So they played longer than anybody, right. along with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, but you saw the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees out there working with his team, getting those young guys ready to play. But he did have a veteran team with a veteran staff over there. And I think he was working in a way that they needed to be worked as opposed to just out there throwing the ball around. Right. You know, they were actually working plays in that. And I would tend to go with Drew Brees as well. I like Aaron Rodgers. I think he's a great player and a great leader. Um, what I saw from Drew Brees is, uh, you know, over the season is what he does on the sidelines as well as what he does in the game. And then his talk in the locker room afterwards and that as well. It's great to be humble. You have to also accept your part of that, that you are a great player. Um, but I just I like his style all the way around. And to come from where he came from, which I know doesn't really play into it now in this particular season, um, but looking at the whole person, um, I, just, I just like the guy. He's just a class act. I, I think... Um, um and one of the reasons I like him because he is humble, and he's not humble for the cameras. He's not humble right. for TV, for for the press or the newspapers and all that uh, sports, the radio, sports talk stuff. He's the same guy all the way. Mm-hmm. He's been that guy for as long mm-hmm. as I've known him. But he's the same guy all the way. Uh, it's kind of like um, Peyton Manning, and you know Peyton Manning is. Um, it, we we never thought of Peyton Manning as a funny guy, more a serious guy, until you saw his commercials. Mm-hmm. And then and you say, SNL. "Yeah, and no, you say, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah." And SNL, funny. and then oh, you like God. this guy is funny. Yeah, like he's really he really have a, a sense of humor. He's funny. He's a funny guy. But what what do you? Let's see. Drew Brees even think the guys who prepares his balls for oh yeah for the game. <laughs> <laughs> he think the guys. I don't know what trainer that trainer has to be getting paid a lot to, <laughs> to rub his balls out. Anyways, but look, a little bit about San Diego. Getting San Diego could have Drew Brees. Philip Rivers not a letdown by by any means, but it's time at this time in Philip Rivers' uh, career, it's time to get close to a Super Bowl or at least be in that Super Bowl game, win or lose, and then you get rid of Darren Sproles. This season is done. Yeah, uh, you know, one thing about uh, Drew Brees and dumbing it down a little bit also is if Tom Brady breaks the record. Also, that's then, then that's going to be that that'll be null and void because two people did it instead of him being the only one being close uh-huh. w- wouldn't give him points to win the super, to win the MVP. Number two, 
Um, the offenses, how they're run, are completely different. The Packers, if they go up two or three touchdowns, they, they let off the gas. If uh, the Saints, the, the Saints just don't. Like you saw what they did to, to Indy. They put up sixty on Indy. They, they didn't. They didn't care. They all. It's like the first drive of the game every time. But think about every this. drive. The uh, Drew Brees. What was it? Two games ago or was it last week? They took him out in the fourth quarter. He right. didn't even right. play. Right. right. But but, like, but they were. Uh, I mean, that was. Well, I mean, you, he put up five touchdowns right. in three quarters. Right. They're obviously. And I would do the same because I don't want my quarterback. This is bigger than right. the record. Like Drew Brees didn't get the record this year. He could care less probably. And the way I see it, from the outside looking in, he can care less. Um, but he has a record. I don't, I wouldn't say. Uh, Tom Brady is that quarterback. He is the guy. And if Peyton Manning was still playing, I would say he's the guy. Because Drew Brees got it and he was always close to it, every year he's close to doing that. Uh-huh. Uh, along with Phillip Rivers when he wasn't mm-hmm. losing his mind. I don't know what's going on. Well, he don't have a lot of running game over there. But he, if, if Drew, if, if, uh, the rest of those guys get it, I want to say it, it waters it, it watered down because Drew Brees has always been close, but now he can put it out. He can't put it out of reach, but he can. It's always somebody's records are meant to be broken. Somebody's going right. to get that record. Right. Um, but he will have the record, and not that. Right, he was the first one. He'll break. be well, amongst the few yeah. and 27-year-old record. I right. Mean, it, yeah. And it's a big would, deal. And his numbers will be better than anybody else, barring uh, in his regular this regular season too. It doesn't count for the postseason, but his numbers will be better than anybody else's, uh, even with those guys, those top quarterbacks out there. With potential to break it, because Aaron Rodgers, well, he has to go lights out. He has to go like 400 yards a game. Yeah, and and unfortunately for Aaron Rodgers, when he was doing something that nobody's ever done in the NFL with his efficiency and his touchdowns and lack of interceptions, it was watered down by the Tebow. The Tebow thing. It really was. Like this whole thing. He, Aaron Rodgers. It, here's the thing. Drew Brees had he started out really hot, 350 yards, four games in a row in the beginning of the season. And then Aaron Rodgers just stayed consistent, about 300 yards a game, three touchdowns, no interceptions. It took him 12 weeks or 14 weeks to throw four interceptions, uh, four incompletions in a row. Like that's that is untouted ground. That that that's never been touched. Robert Griffin at third. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> um, but Tim Tebow, him coming out and the Tebowing and everything was it 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 drowned what Aaron Rodgers was doing, and it, it, it was unfortunate. And hopefully that won't cause. Real quick, let me ask you this: uh, Yes or no, probably. Um, Tim Tebow, well, Aaron Rodgers being a backup so long makes him this potent guy, and he probably was ready two years before he even sure. got out there. Yeah. So I think that plays a big part into it. And uh, Tim Tebow, why why are we talking about him going to the Pro Bowl? This is why I don't like fans voting for some mm-hmm. professional stuff. Hey, this is Kwame Sports Talk. We'll be back. We're going to get down and dirty with Deborah. Uh, we got a lot more to talk about. We'll be back in about the near future. <laughs> I'm T-Bowing right now. You T-Bowing? I'm T-Bowing right now. You think? Okay. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Play ball! If you're looking to talk baseball, even in the offseason, look no further than the King's Corner Talking Baseball with former World Series champion Jim Lairitz. Jim's known for a rather controversial stance during his show. He's brutally honest and ready to talk with current and former players, owners, and other key figures to bring you baseball from an insider's view. You won't want to miss a single episode. The King's Corner Talking Baseball with Jim Lairitz is heard every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Sports have become a big part of everyone's lives today. We all have that team that we live and breathe to follow. We watch hours of football on TV, play Madden sports on our gaming system, and our wives can't seem to tear us from the couch. If this sounds like you, or if you're a football wife who wants a few words, we want to hear from you. Listen for Life, Love, and Sports, featuring your host, Ron Dixon. Ron takes you inside the world of sports and finds out what you, the fan, are talking about today. Listen Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the show. Which is Kwame Lawson? We are back. We're yeah. It's, it's you don't know if the cameras were rolling, which will be um, on a uh, Voice America Live. Yeah, Ustream link is not up right now. Um, Ooh, I'll tell you what it's gonna be up. It's the Ustream is gonna be up uh, during the Super Bowl. I don't know if you guys going to the Super Bowl. That's when it's gonna be premiered. This right now, what we had uh, a few weeks ago was just a tester, but you know we do uh, the the. Um, God, let me think of it real quick. The uh, something, something, something. We do a radio show all the way out there. Yeah. It's called something else. I can, I can't think. And I never smoked weed. <laughs> I didn't. What is it? Inhale. Yeah, you didn't inhale. I didn't inhale. Yeah. yeah. Um, but look, that's gonna be up uh, <laughs> at the Super I give Bowl. Up. It's gonna be, it's gonna be on at the Super Bowl, and um, you know that's when it's gonna um, promote this TV channel. Uh, you can check us out live. Um, uh, TV and also listen to the show at the same time. Let's get down and dirty with Deborah. All right, New Year's. Everybody's looking to make resolutions. Problem is with resolutions, nobody can get them to stick, or at least not very many people. And resolutions are simply that they're a statement, they're a determination, there's some desire to make a change. And change in itself is the problem because, as we've talked about before, the brain doesn't like change. It likes routines. It likes status quo. Whether it's good or bad, it likes to stay where it's always been. And it will tend to fight us when we want to make a change. It thinks it's protecting us. It doesn't know the difference, and it just wants us to stay like we've always been. So what we're looking to do when we're making a resolution or a change is we're looking to break an old routine or an old habit and replace it with a new one. Now, the problem with that is that we always have that feeling of we have to give up something in order to get something. You, you know, we sit around and we think about a change, we prepare to make a change, we procrastinate about making a change, we put it off, make excuses and all sorts of things until we finally go, okay, fine. You know, it's time. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it now. New Year's tends to be that time. The reality, reality is, why wait? You know, every single morning you can make a new decision. You know, you can make a decision right here, right now to make a change of something that's going on in your life that's not serving you, that's not making things better for you. Examples of some change, there's the typical things. I want to lose weight. I want to stop smoking. In sports, oftentimes I see my guys that they're looking to change a technique. They're looking to... Um, uh, you know, they go into practice and they practice a new technique or they're working with their swing coach or they're working with their kicking coach or wh whoever their coach is based on their position. And the minute they get in the game, they revert to their old ways because it goes back, the brain goes back to what it knows best. There's changes that we make sometimes in relationships. The way we relate to our children as they're growing up and they're changing and we're not changing our thoughts and our ways or our perception of them. Rookies coming in from college and all of a sudden they're in a new situation. They need to make a change. And the team that are working with them need to make a change as to how they look at them. Veterans, 
that move to a new team, and all of a sudden they have to make a change. You've got guys who are injured, you know, who've got long-time injury. Um, you know, the the technique that I'm going to teach you in just a couple minutes works really well for injuries as well, because all of a sudden you've got somebody who's out, well, we're talking, what, eight to nine months, um, yeah, with injury, and all of a sudden they've got new habits that they're going to form, and then they're going to have to look at how are they going to change to get right back into their playing situation again. So here's some of the steps that you take whenever you want to make a resolution or just simply a change, whatever you want to call it. Number one is figure out, you know, what do you want? You know, you have to look at what are you going to stop, avoid, or do differently. And one of the other things you want to ask yourself, step two of this is what's that cost? What's the current cost if I were to stay doing what I've been doing or thinking the way I've been thinking or behaving the way I've been behaving, what is that costing me? How do I feel when I act that way? What am I missing out on because of the way I'm behaving right now? The third step is looking at, you know, change into what? We're really good at talking about what we don't want. It's amazing whenever I ask a client that I'm working with, so if that's what you don't want, what do you want? And then it becomes that hesitation because they're wondering, uh, I don't know, you know, they're not really, really clear. Well, you've got to get clear on what you do want. Now, the secret to what you want I mean, this is gold, so pay attention to this. The secret to what you really want is not going to be a thing. It's not going to be activity. It's going to be some type of an experience or a feeling that you get from this new behavior. The problem and the reason why resolutions and change always tend to get broken is we think about them. We tell ourselves about them. We reason it out. We use positive self-talk, which I'm okay with. But you still have to back it up with the feeling. We use willpower, and it doesn't last. If you want lasting change, you've got to build a case for your brain and your emotions. You've got to build in some evidence, some buy-in, which is where the imagination works in. When you imagine with, with emotion that you, your body and your mind and your emotions know because you're building evidence for them that there's a better, quicker, faster, longer-lasting results that it can have, it starts to buy into the new behavior that you're looking to create, it buys into this new feeling, it buys into the confidence that it has because you can see it, see it, feel it, and believe it first. So the fourth part of this is then you start new behaviors so you can support the, the new feeling with an actual behavior that goes with it. You start the action, which is the fifth step. So you repeat, repeat, repeat the action, the behaviors, the thoughts, the feelings, that create this new success routine. Six of the seven steps is to anchor it in. You've got to praise, you've got to have appreciation, exact and specific. <clears throat> Which we've talked about before is that when you praise yourself exactly and specifically, what did you do right? If you're changing a behavior such as um, the way that you're, um, you're uh, technically creating, uh, I'll use for an example, I've got a kicker. You know, so the kicker's trying to change. Just some little tweaks to his techniques. Well, I don't touch the techniques. I'm not a coach for that. But I will help him anchor in what it feels like to do this new technique exactly and specifically the way he wants to do it. And then as he does it, what he does is he then praises himself in his own words for exactly and specifically what he did right, so his brain starts to hear it, know it, and believe it. <clears throat> Excuse me. The second part, the last part of this is accountability. 
When I'm working with somebody, the one thing that we look at is I'm always using their key words to explain what was it that they did that was right. I can't use my words. It's their words that matter. It's their words that motivate. They've got to be committed. It's asking the right questions so that they know and understand what they did that was so great so they can celebrate it, acknowledge it, and not having a friend or a loved one or whatever, which they can be great coaches, but having somebody say, you know, that was really good, but... You know, but you should have did this, but you should have done that. You know, that just wipes away everything else that you just built. So if you use this seven-step process of what are you going to stop, what are you going to start, why are you going to do it, you know, the emotional aspect of it, change the behavior, add the action to it, anchor it in with the emotional aspect of the praise and the appreciation exact and specifically, and then have accountability, I guarantee you you're going to have your best 2012 ever. Down and Dirty with Deborah. Is that on the uh, website, yourclearage.com? This is not on the website. I'm going to post an article later this week that says uh, the article is listed as up yours. Up yours. It's talked about, (laughs) I wrote it as uh, I'm upping mine. What are you doing to up yours? Oh, that's good because that's good stuff. Let me me ask you, uh, I I think one of the, first of all, does uh, resolutions equal lies? Depending on who the person is, because uh, they can be. Yeah, I think people. We we do it with all the best intention, but the reality is, we have the little story in the back of their head that's saying, "Are you freaking kidding me? You are not going to do <laughs> that." I don't know who you're talking to. Say. to. Yeah, exactly, because mm-hmm. it sounds good to say. Sure. And, and it, I, I would say probably ninety six percent of the people I talk to lie to themselves, uh, including me. Cause I talk to myself sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, one of the a few of the key things you said. Um, was what am I changing to? If you don't know what you're changing to, it's going to be hard to take those steps. Uh, and I and I go backwards. What is it going to cost me to change? And right. and those some those some good things. All right, what do I want to change to in the 2012 season when the world is going to end? Uh, what am I, <laughs> what am I going to change to? And what is that going to cost me? Am I going to be disciplined enough to put that work in, or um or am I going to get that tunnel vision to say, okay, this is what it is, and uh, this is going to cost me. Okay, the next thing I'm going to do is, what do I want to do? What's my procedure and stuff? And I'm going to go right. backwards from what you said because it makes sense to me that way. Sure. And, and what's, what, what to do, what do I want to do for me? And in that sense, um, like you talked about the uh, imagination, uh, you have to be able to see that change to even get to what I want to change to. Correct. And it's imagining with emotion. So yeah. as a example, um, I've got a guy, one of the guys I worked with, we did the imagination exercise to come up with his specific words and his trigger statement. Um, he was a wide receiver, and I was asking him questions as I had him in a relaxed alpha state, again, everything over the phone. And I asked him a question about, uh, well, what does it look like? You know, the best game you've ever played. Where are you and what are you doing? See, Put him in I a situation. Yeah. He brought it to, he could see the stadium. He could see the color of the uniforms of the team they were playing. He knew I'd had him look up at the scoreboard. He could see the scoreboard. He could see everything exactly what it was. Now, that's all fine and good, but the key result to that, the key benefit, the gold in all of that is when I ask him, Okay, so now tell me, what are you saying to yourself right now in this feeling? What is it that you most appreciate? What were you, what did you just did? And he could name exactly and specifically what it was that was great about the way he was playing. 
and he had that, you know, the feeling going, the emotion going, so it was so real to him that we created a statement, his trigger statement out of that, that now all he has to do is bring up that trigger statement and he remembers that whole picture, that scene, and everything as to why he's working day after day to get there. I believe in that 100% because I think that's where deja vu come from. I think deja mm-hmm. vu come from those thoughts. You know, you have to see everything before it happens. Also from your dreams, there's something that's already happening. You just a reoccurring dream. That's already happened to you. That's what you say. I, I, well, they say that you know science tells that we've got multiple realities happening at the same time. So. Right. Have you ever been in a situation where you just knew something was happening, you wanted to tell somebody, but you wanted to see it happen? You're like, damn, I should have told you that because right. I knew that was about to happen. Right. Those just to me, those like. Uh, you but our misbelief <laughs> comes up first, or our, our concern about being laughed at or disrespected or whatever stops us from saying it, even though we have that feeling. Right. And yeah. you know it's about to happen. But and I think that's uh, like, like I said, I believe in that because any um, you know. Any situation you're in, this just is not sports or anything, mm. in life situation or where you want to go, you have to see that. You could talk about wanting to do it. You could talk about, oh, this got to change or that's got to change or I'm going to do this. But if you really can't see it um, and you're always harping on the negative part about it, that's exactly what's going to happen to you. But if you can't see it, then you're never going to reach it. Correct. You're never going to get close to it. Let me say that. Right. You're never going to get close to it. But you have to see those things and, and, and write them down. People don't. People don't write oh, down writing those. is huge. Yeah, that's why in the Tame and Train Your Beast method, when mm-hmm. I get to the S with is um, your self-identity, we look at your specific goals, your long-term, short-term, um, and the short-terms are the ones we work on. Just like in a game, if you say, well, I want to win the game, that's too big a goal. Right. So if you want to win the game, that's great. What's it going to take to win the game? And then you go back to your specific position and what you can do moment to moment in order to get closer to winning the game. You take care of yourself and your position and what you do moment to moment, the rest is out of your control. I believe as soon as you can control your brain and you can say, it's going to be what it is at this moment, but this is my path, this is the way I'm going. And you, and you, I, I keep, I got to go back to, I got to go back to saying, um, if you want something, you have to speak on it. You have to, you have to see it before it happens. But if you keep saying, um, and even if there's something good, mm-hmm. even in the situation right now, it's not good. But if you want something, you got to see it happening. If you keep saying, well, this is taking too long to happen, and you're not prepared to go get it anyway. Well, that's like, you know, if you go outside and I, you know, push the ground around and put a seed in and cover it up and say, you know, that's going to be a beautiful flower. I'm glad it's going to grow. It's going to be great. And then tomorrow I walk out and dig it up and look and say, mm, um, I don't know, and right. cover it up and go back out. You know, you can't keep digging it up. You've got to believe that it's going to happen, which is what the imagination can do, is it gives you that confidence and that um, clarity that you stick with it knowing that it is going to happen. We're going to take a quick break. You know, that was Down and Dirty with Deborah. You can check out Deborah Debris. Check out her website. It's a very interesting website. You have to put that on the website www.yourclearedge.com I'll do it for you Kwame yeah do it for me because uh, there's a lot of uh, bozos around here that won't you know they won't mentally challenge themselves or they won't Mm -hmm. mentally focus on some things alright Monk you can go to commercial I'm just talking your internet flagship station for sports Voice America Sports sports and medicine go hand in hand 
Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Out of here. That's not the second one, but I like that. Good job, Mo. Mo, the audio uh, engineer in a good show, yeah. uh, as always. John, well, John's not saying, did he send you a, t- uh, did he send you anything? No. John, come on now, step on it, John. Hey, <laughs> hey, we just we just got off a of Down and Dirty with Devil, which is interesting, and I want to elaborate on it a little bit more, because it, it's really, you know, I'm around a lot of, I'm around, I won't say a lot of people, I'm around the right people that I need to be around, um, that can do good things. I'll tell you, let me go to Junior's body. <laughs> yeah, let's go to Junior, yeah, who hasn't Jun- called me yet. Yeah, Junior has a lot of potential to do some things. Yeah, he does. Simply because he played baseball. He won a World Series. I'm not saying, I, I mean, he's a good person, actually. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's just one of the people. Because when I talk about this, when I, when I heard, when you was going through it, I was envisioning a lot of people. Not not you, Alex, because you smoke weed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am lying about Alex. <laughs> Alex does not smoke weed. Just oh, I get cigarettes. one for you on that. I get one for you. <laughs> I'm lying. He doesn't smoke weed. But I envision a lot of, I can see a lot of things because a lot of stuff, the imagination was a lot right. of things I did while I was playing. And then you know what? I got away from it. Mm-hmm. I got away from yes. it. So I wasn't moving forward in anything. Uh, I, when I got there with football, I'm like, I'm going to rest for a while. I'm mm-hmm. still resting. Yeah. I shouldn't have been, re- I shouldn't be resting this long um, because I just like, my brain was so in a trance where I was in something for 14, 15 years. I was in something most of my life um, that I was always in a trance to, to be. I was on a structure setting. Be here, be there, do this, do so that. So now it's time just to use it towards something else that you're doing in your life and to I move sh- yourself forward. Exactly. Right. But I mean, you know what? I I got away from it. And I, and, and I think it's very positive. I think it's a great uh, method uh, to, to get to uh, see yourself doing things you want to do, I just got away from. I've just been in chill mode a little longer than I should have. I we, can, we can help you with that. I don't need any help. I'm just saying. I, I have a question. <laughs> I have a question for you. I have a question. So there are a lot of people, and I was a psych major, so I know a lot of people used to say not some nice things about psychology in general, how it's the study of nothing, how like all stuff like that. What do you say to people with this imagi- imagination stuff that don't want to go through all those steps? To like make say people live hard. A lot of people. I tell them goodbye, mm-hmm. and no, I work no. with the people that it matters to. Yeah, because they don't have but time there, for nonsense. Go ahead. Alex. No, I understand. No, no, and I understand. I mean, I'm saying devil's advocate here, but because I mean, I, I, I love all this stuff. I'm just saying people that live, people that live with the cloud over their head all the time. You know, it's like, is there any way to get through to them if they don't? 
Is there anything you can tell them that would make them think, even though they don't want to be a part of it? Like, uh, is there when I to, like, when, when I get seed? and I get what you're saying, and I and I appreciate your question because what I would typically do, especially if I'm in a room full of people, is I would talk to the person that is listening, and I will talk to them in a way that. I'm sending subliminal messages. People get it if they're ready to hear it. Okay. And if they're not ready to hear it, it's not up to me to change them. I work with people who are highly committed and and fiercely competitive, and the competitiveness is within themselves to get better. So if somebody's not ready to listen yet, I'll still have the conversation around them. I'm not up to and willing to convince them there's too, other, too many other people who want to actually make changes in their life and get better. Now, does this, does this work for everybody if the steps are followed? Or it works people, for... Well, you have to believe... You, no, 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 I understand, but sometimes people aren't mentally tough enough yet... Well, you which is get, why... It just which can't is, happen in one session. If you go to Deborah, it's not going to be... Uh, a one-time thing. No, I, I don't, I don't that, think right. if you come to me, that. and I'm not even a right. psychologist or a psychiatrist. So here's what happens a lot of times is I'll get guys, like some of the guys that I helped in. Um, per se. <laughs> so, per se. Well, yeah. talk, I wasn't going to talk about you, but that's okay. You're your own psychologist. Uh, some of the guys that I helped with um, uh, their pro days and in their combines and stuff that are now in the NFL, you know, I helped them a couple times on the phone in order to be able to perform at their highest level. They got it. They used it. They performed really, really well. The question I have right now is are they practicing? Are they continuing to practice so they continue to get better because at every level there's different expectations and the possibility of them tripping up is great, yeah. as with anybody else. And that's where a coach comes in, to have somebody to hold you accountable and to know what questions to ask, when to ask them, how to ask them, so that you as the individual, the client, buys into it and really wants to do it because I'm challenging you as a competitive person to be better. That's what gets people not only over the hump but into daily routines that really work. Uh, you know, as far as the, the higher you go and whatever you're doing, uh, and let's just say that I would need a coach when I play football, um, coaches right now, they, it's more a business situation where, and we talked about this before, maybe two weeks ago, that a player's not going to go to coach because he, he, he's wearing, he or she is wearing about, oh, wow, he may not think I don't get it. Because a lot of people, and this is why I say ask questions. I don't care how it sounds or or. If it's on a different a different thing to get you to what you really want to know, always ask questions because somebody else really wants to know. I know exactly. I, I used to ask questions a lot uh, mm-hmm. when I was with the Cardinals because and it's not that I didn't know it because you can mm-hmm. go on a practice field and you can see I got it. But I can tell some guys want to ask questions and, right. and they just don't want to seem like um, they don't know anything. They shouldn't like they shouldn't be here because I was that undrafted guy. I didn't right. get drafted, so I was in that position, so I know somebody may want to know this. But uh, what's always interesting is you've got, you know, and they say that 95% or more of sports is the mental, the mental and emotional aspect of the yes. game, and yet people are afraid to ask about it. I don't know if they think that I'm going to dig back into their childhood or whatever else, but I don't. I go from where you are, where do you want to go, and what's <laughs> it going to take a, to get you there? This is not about the mother. <clears throat> it's not about the whole mother thing and all that, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is not about the mother, but it, 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 it is uh, <laughs> it, it is kind of crazy because guys, uh, you know, every guy that plays ball is physically uh, gifted enough to play football. Mm. Mentally, they're not. Right. That's the thing is that uh, when I can work with a person even with one session and show them what imagination, just that one technique, and I mean, I got a whole 
basket full of techniques, a whole tool belt full of techniques that I can teach people, that that one technique, and they, they always, you know, get done with it after five, seven minutes or whatever, and they go, holy man, I had no idea that How that was possible. How long are sessions, though? It depends on the person? Like, like, well, a, like a regular session? What I've been doing is making my sessions 30 minutes because yeah, I find the, the guys are not willing to do an hour. The business people are, guys in sports aren't. 30 minutes is enough because I do layered learning. They yeah. learn it, they apply it, they see the results of it, come back to me, ask questions, let's go again. Right. And at what point uh, after that do you give, like you're doing 30-minute 30 se- 30, uh, sessions, um, are those three or four sessions before you start giving them bits and pieces over the phone or through text and stuff like that just to keep them that I imagination? Do, I do whatever the individual needs. Okay. So I look at what is it, that, where are you, where do you want to go, and what's it going to take to get you there, and then I pull in all the different modalities that I use in order to help them. So one of uh, Alex's uh, questions or comments, uh, I, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like Deborah when she said move on when you're talking about people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have time for it. I don't have time. You either want to do it or you don't. That's why I, when we were talking about the uh, resolutions, I'd say it equals lies because people are telling themselves they want to hear it out loud, but they're really not going to do anything to move forward right. to that. I just, right. I, I personally, I don't hate anything in rural, but excuses. Mm-hmm. I hate excuses, mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm I make them from time to time. Um, but I hate excuses. I hate they tools of incompetence. So if you, as soon as you start making excuses, you start giving yourself a way out. Start giving yourself a way out to do to not do something that you want to do, but it sounds good saying it. So I just tell them people. I say, okay, I'm, I'm not going to beg you to do it. I don't care if you do it or not, but don't come to me and say, I want to yeah. do this and that, and then I start preparing to help you do this and that. And which then, is which is a takeaway, because I'll listen right. to, just like the, on the show was some time ago when I said something about your tone of voice, how it changed. I'll listen to, if I'm on the phone with that, their tone of voice, mm-hmm. whether they're really buying into it or not. If I'm doing a free session just to talk to somebody to see what's going on with them, I'll know if they're ready and if they're compared and co- you know, prepared and committed in order right. to really help themselves. Yeah, and guys really need to, uh, and, and I, I'll say athletically, you, you fix your body up. We fix our body up real strong. Mentally, we tough enough to get over silliness, but we're not mentally tough enough to continue that throughout. It's the long haul. It's the long haul throughout mm-hmm. our career. I'll tell you, I'll be, and the the resiliency. One, I'll be the one to first admit that. You know, I got away from my imagination. I got away from mm-hmm. seeing everything I've done and, and then I watching it happen. I'll be like, wow, man, I just, I saw this before. It's like deja vu. I got away from that. Mm-hmm. I just, everything in my life I saw happen before. Yeah. It sounds crazy, but it, it's. Which uh, is great. Because yeah, then things become instinctual instead of mechanical. You can actually enjoy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, and a lot of times, like I say, I want to say, I want to tap you. Say, okay, watch this. This is about to happen, right. and I I don't do it <laughs> for the you know as human nature. I'm like, oh, that's that, that, I thought it was gonna happen, and it always happens. Right. I say always most of the time, ninety six, ninety six percent of the time. All right, God damn, we got we need another, another hour. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> what, you, you guys got anything planned? My common call. LA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna be mm-hmm. in the house. Mm-hmm. I'm, I never go anywhere. On, I never go anywhere. <laughs> People know. are crazy out there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is Life Sports Talk. Check it out. YourClearEdge.com at Clancy Corner. Yeah, got it. Okay, dot org. Um, <laughs> Sports Talk dot com, and you can check the fan page. Fifty yard line Super Bowl. I'll be waiting. Ball game in in New York. Hey, hey, thanks, Mo. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.